And I also want to throw out there that it's possible that there were shepherdesses amongst those shepherds as well. So these shepherds and possibly shepherdesses that went to go see Jesus were spreading the gospel. And people were like wondering about all this stuff. This was just showing that everyone is included into God's kingdom. Hey guys, what you just heard was a clip from today's upcoming episode. And I'm so sorry because this episode was supposed to come out on Thursday and it was all my fault. Somehow I scheduled it incorrectly and it didn't end up coming out on Thursday. So I am scheduling it for today. And sorry about that little mix up guys. But nevertheless, I hope you guys enjoy today's episode about the Christmas story. Hey, faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries Podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Luke. Hey, faithful listeners, happy Thursday, and thanks for tuning in to this episode of the P40 Ministries podcast, the podcast that brings you the Bible every weekday to help you maintain a consistent Bible reading routine, but also to show you the relatability of the Bible in the modern day, which is something I'm very passionate about and one of the reasons why I started this podcast. But guys, you know, I think I'm over 400 episodes in. to this podcast and I was thinking about that recently and I'm just like wow like that's actually a pretty interesting achievement because I found out that most podcasts out there only have 12 episodes before it's they give up so I was really excited to find out that I am about 400 episodes in if not more I stopped counting and I don't number the episodes anymore because at this point it doesn't really make sense to number the episodes. And also, um, since we're going through the Bible like kind of chronologically, just there's no reason to number the episodes. But I think I'm about 400 in <laughs> last time I checked. So yeah, I'm excited about that number. And I hope you guys are continuing to tune in, to share the podcast, let people know it exists because they have now 400 episodes to listen to if they're just getting started in the Bible. That is over a year of content if they choose to listen in every single day. So please keep on continuing to share, rate the podcast, which is an excellent way to help people find it. Uh, Rate it, let people know it exists. But friends, let's go ahead and talk about Luke chapter 2 verses 1 through 20 today. And I'm sure you guys know of this portion as the Christmas story. And I was excited to actually research this portion because there's so many commentaries on the Christmas story that I was able to gain so much interesting information that I never knew before. And hopefully I'm able to clearly present that information with you guys too. And maybe you can learn something new about the Christmas story. But let's go ahead and talk about Luke chapter 2 verses 1 through 20 today. I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. as always. Please feel free to read out of the version you prefer. Grab that cup of coffee and just sit back, relax, chill out as I read this. Now in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be enrolled. 
This was the first enrollment made when Quinerius was governor of Syria. All went to enroll themselves, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to David's city, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and of the family of David, to enroll himself with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him as wife, being pregnant. While they were there, the day had come for her to give birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a feeding trough, because there is no room for them in the inn. There were shepherds in the same country staying in the field and keeping watch by night over their flock. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood by them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you today in David's city a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This is the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth, lying in a feeding trough. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly army, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, good will towards men. When the angels went away from them into the sky, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem now and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They came with haste and found both Mary and Joseph, and the baby was lying in the feeding trough. And when they saw it, they publicized widely the saying which was spoken to them about the child. All who heard it wondered at the things which were spoken to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these sayings and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, just as it was told to them. Wow, even reading that out of the W.E.B. version kind of changes my perspective on it a little bit. I was always raised with the KJV version, and I remember I, I probably memorized it in the KJV version. But one thing that the W.E.B. said here really stood out to me was the fact that the angel was actually standing next to the shepherds. From the way I was always kind of like portraying it in my mind, I always thought of the angel like up in the sky, you know, shining. And then all of a sudden these other angels are flying around, you know, that's how I pictured it. And probably I'm sure there's some sort of show when I was a little kid that uh, made me think that way. But the angel was standing there with the shepherds is what it says. It says specifically that in verse nine, behold, an angel of the Lord stood by them. <laughs> <laughs> and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. So this kind of makes me wonder a little bit more about angels because everything that I've seen so far in the book of Luke, when Luke mentions angels, he's actually talking about how they're standing next to the people they're talking to. For example, Mary, all of a sudden an angel was there in the room with her. Uh, Zacharias, an angel was there in the temple with him. And now this angel is standing next to the uh, shepherds. So when Hebrews mentions that angels may be like among us and we don't even know, and we might be entertaining angels when we have them over to our houses and stuff, there are probably some angels that look like you and me or possibly take on the form of uh, humanness maybe to, to come to earth and to minister to us or something like that. So I just find this kind of cool that the angel that Luke is talking about here looks probably similar to a human being maybe, but the reason they know it is an angel is because God's glory is surrounding that angel, which is what it says here. The Lord, the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. 
But anyway, let's go ahead and talk about verses 1 through 7. So this talks about how the decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the entire world should be enrolled. We know from history that Caesar Augustus was a real person. He actually reigned in Rome for quite a few years, and he was the guy that kind of stopped the civil war that was going on. And this would have been right after the whole thing, maybe like 30-ish years after the whole thing with uh, Cleopatra. And we, we all know that story <laughs> about Cleopatra and the love she had for that Roman dude or whatever. But they were warring against um, Caesar Augustus. Caesar Augustus eventually won. Cleopatra killed herself with the snake poison and uh, yeah, that entire thing. But Caesar Augustus was the one that won and he stopped that whole civil war that was going on. So now he kind of brings peace and a little bit of uh, mild prosperity to the people because of his um, war against Egypt. And he took a lot of Egyptian money and put it towards Rome. So he brought peace, which was the big thing. But now he's deciding that the entire world should be enrolled. Now, this would be the entire world under Roman rule. And... Everyone does it. Joseph here was going to be enrolled. And this would probably be some sort of like weird family tax is what it sounds like to me. Because Joseph had to go home to his city because his family, which was from the line of David, was from Bethlehem. Bethlehem would have been a small town on the outskirts of Jerusalem. Joseph takes Mary, his uh, wife, but even though they're not exactly married yet, he takes her and travels with her to Bethlehem. Many people speculate that the reason he took her was because she uh, was getting a lot of slack from the community they lived in because people thought that she was pregnant and had cheated on Joseph. So Joseph just took her with him to protect her, which I kind of believe is probably the case because back in those days, people who committed adultery could get stoned. It didn't matter if it was a male or a female, but if a person committed adultery, that person could get stoned. So in order to protect Mary, he took her with him. And it says that while they were there in uh, Bethlehem, the day came where Mary needed to give birth. So they had been there for a little bit is kind of what it is implying here in verse six. While they were there, the day had come for her to give birth. But because they weren't very rich people, I would guess, Mary and Joseph came from Galilee, which was a very small community, didn't have a lot of water which is very important for life. And, uh, you know, it, it, Galilee was not a prosperous area. So Mary and Joseph probably did not have a lot of money. Jesus was definitely born into a very poor family. And they were unable to get a room in the inn. There was no room in the inns because everyone was there for this census tax Everyone had come home to Bethlehem to register for this tax and the rooms were overflowing with people. So they were staying in a stable. OK, I don't know if you guys have ever walked into a stable before, but I have. <laughs> and it stinks. OK, stables are not considered typically very clean. There's animal droppings all over the place. Typically it smells pretty bad. It smells like poop and it smells like animals and it smells like hay. So Jesus was born amongst all this stuff. And it's possible that there were even other people in there with them. 
and Mary had to like do this publicly. I don't know. It doesn't say. But one way or the other, she was able to use one of the feeding troughs to wrap her newborn baby in and lie him into that feeding trough. So she swaddled him with like strips of cloth because, you know, babies, they need to be swaddled. So Mary took like strips of rags and wrapped Jesus in these strips of rags, then laid him in a feeding trough. And that was his crib. So, yeah, I mean, not great circumstances. And we don't really think about um, how poor this circumstance really was, because we've heard this story so much growing up that we're just like, oh, yeah, you know, Jesus was laid in a manger, whatever. I mean, really think about that, though. If that was the situation your family was in, and you had to give birth in a stable and put your baby in that manger because you had no place else to stay and you were kind of homeless at this point, you'd be talking about this for a long time. <laughs> it probably would not be a small deal for you and your family. This was crazy circumstances. You would never expect the Messiah to be born in such humble conditions, yet he was. He was humbled from the time he was born all the way until his time on the cross. After all this happens and Mary gives birth to Jesus, this angel, like I said before, just appears to these lowly shepherds who are living out in the fields. So the Talmud actually tells us that shepherds were kind of hated in this point of time. They couldn't be witnesses in court. They had very little rights. They were extremely poor people. So these shepherds were living out in the fields because they had nothing. They were homeless. <laughs> and so can you imagine hearing this message that your king, this Messiah you've been looking for for years, is also homeless? You would feel like kind of represented. <laughs> At least I would. I would feel really represented. I'd be like, my Messiah is poor just like I am. Now, the interesting thing I found out about shepherds during this time period was that the Bethlehem sheep, those sheep were used as the temple sacrifices in Jerusalem. So these shepherds out in these fields were watching over sheep that were to be used for sacrifices. That is so profound. They are taking care of the sheep to make sure they don't have any blemishes or issues. They are taking care of things that take away the people's sins. And, you know, they would have probably understood the importance of this job that they had. If anyone understood sacrifices, it was probably these shepherds. Isn't that funny? Because they took care of the sacrifices. And now they're going to go see their Messiah who was a lowly baby and was going to be the perfect sacrifice. So now, after they do this and the angels appear to them and they go and find the baby Jesus lying in a manger, because probably there weren't very many stables, I would guess, in Bethlehem. And even if there were, they could probably still find baby Jesus. They finally find him lying in the manger. They are overjoyed overjoyed. They understand. So then they go around and they start talking to everybody. They're literally the first evangelists after Jesus comes to earth. These lowly, poor shepherds go out and talk to everybody about the baby Jesus. 
And I also want to throw out there that it's possible that there were shepherdesses amongst those shepherds as well. So these shepherds and possibly shepherdesses that went to go see Jesus were spreading the gospel. And people were like wondering about all this stuff. They were wondering like, what are these shepherds saying? Like, what, what, do, they, what do they mean here? And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen just as it was told to them by the angels. This was just showing that everyone is included into God's kingdom, the poor, the rich, because we already talked about how the Magi, which would have been kind of rich-ish scientists, stargazers, came and also saw Jesus. So the rich, the poor, male, female, it didn't matter because, like I said, possible that shepherdesses were there amongst those shepherds as well. It didn't matter. Everyone was now included into God's family because Jesus came to die for the sins of the world, for you and for me. So friends, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was kind of fun for me to talk about and share some uh, interesting things from this time period. And, you know, I, I just found that so cool about the shepherds tending to the sacrificial sheep. I thought that was super cool. But you know, friends, thanks so much to everybody that tunes into this podcast. I really hope it's bringing you some value and that you're appreciating it every single day. And you know, if you have any comments or suggestions or anything at all, please go and contact me at www.p40ministries.com slash contact. And you can get a hold of me there. Also, if you have a prayer request, please shoot it my way. I now keep a prayer journal <laughs> that I am uh, doing my best to use. Prayer is not my strong suit, unfortunately. Something I'm working on. But guys, as I say at the end of every podcast episode, happy listening and God bless.